Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome, friend. Follow me. We're going somewhere dark, somewhere dangerous. Most people would never dare enter the place we are going. There's no telling what horrors we'll find, what terrors we'll uncover. Don't say I didn't warn you. We might discover terrible monsters lurking there. Be careful, they could follow you out. Or maybe they're already inside you. Are you afraid? Good. Now you are ready to enter the Warning Woods. It just wouldn't stop. Not she. It. What had been a helpless child just one day earlier had become a furious imp that would never be satisfied. The tiny terrorist wouldn't sleep or eat no matter how tired or hungry it was. Miranda could barely keep her eyes open anymore. She didn't know how the child could possibly still be awake. Thirty hours into the ordeal, she began to consider horrible options for dealing with it. She had to pull out her phone and look at all of the adorable pictures of her daughter smiling and laughing. Some of them had been taken just days before. How had it all changed so quickly? Miranda held it against her chest while she lay in bed. She knew she shouldn't fall asleep. All of the stories she had read about mothers rolling on top of their babies had seemed so alien, but now she very much understood how such a thing could happen. If she did fall asleep, she knew nothing would wake her up, even a shrieking, wriggling little body underneath her. There was another reason she couldn't fall asleep. The pain. Miranda's breasts were doing their own kind of screaming, aching with milk that it wouldn't drink. Miranda hadn't known they could get so sore. No matter how many times she had offered them to her daughter, even shoving a nipple straight into her toothless, wailing mouth, the child would not take it. The near silence that had accompanied this act had been wonderful, though. Far too wonderful, actually. Miranda had pressed the child's head against her pillowy skin a little longer than was appropriate before catching herself and letting the child take a breath again. From the sound of it, the child didn't need to breathe anymore, though. Air just seemed to fill its lungs automatically to be projected back out. As Miranda lay on the bed, propped up by two pillows, eyeing her breast pump just out of reach, with the child screaming and stinking on top of her, she wondered how long it would take for it to die. Not by her hand, she had already thought about that, but on its own. It wouldn't eat or sleep and spent so much energy crying. How long would it take for the hideous thing just to shrivel away? This terrible question circled her brain like a marble in a giant funnel, the circles getting smaller, the marble spinning faster, faster, faster. Miranda opened her eyes and saw her dark bedroom wall. She hadn't realized she had fallen asleep. She was laying on her stomach with her arms tucked beneath her body. The room had grown dark even though the curtains were still open. Night had come. She must have been asleep for hours. 
She felt satisfied having finally gotten some rest, but almost right away she registered the abnormal quiet. Perfect silence filled the room. The type of silence that can create a specific atmosphere. In this case, one of dread. Miranda was afraid to move lest she feel the stiff, cold body of her daughter beneath her. She could not think of another plausible reason why the room was quiet. She had become one of them. One of the mothers who had smothered her child in her sleep. Would she go to prison? She thought she probably would if she could even live with herself long enough to stand trial. She would probably... The pain in her chest forced Miranda to roll onto her side almost involuntarily. She held her breath as she shifted, expecting to see the purple remains of her daughter Gabby laying in the warm impression she left behind on the mattress. The sleep she had been graced with and the silence had transformed Miranda's perception of it back into Gabby. But there wasn't a still, cold child where Miranda had been laying. There wasn't a child anywhere on the bed at all. Gabby wasn't big enough to crawl or roll herself off the side of the bed. Had Miranda pushed or thrown her off? Miranda moaned. Now she was afraid to turn around. She imagined her daughter's vacant eyes staring up at her from the floor, asking, Why, Mommy? Why did you do that? I couldn't help it. I'm just a baby. Just a baby, Miranda uttered aloud and started to cry. She forced herself onto her back, then slowly turned over to face reality. But she never expected what she saw across the room. Someone was standing there. Someone tall and thin and dark. Not dark-skinned, dark like a cloudy night sky, somehow absent any light whatsoever. The figure, although hard to make out, appeared to have its back turned to Miranda as it loomed over something it held in front of itself. Who are you? Miranda asked, trembling. She may have asked more aggressively if her emotions had been in check, but she was already distressed. She had already been fighting against the paralysis of fear, and at the sight of the dark figure, fear had won. The figure shifted and started to turn. Miranda could now make out the folds and wrinkles of clothing, a dress draped around its form. It raised its head, and its long, wispy hair appeared to blow in an imperceptible breeze. It, or she, Miranda determined, had a face that seemed to belong on a stained glass window. Her face had round, simple features that Miranda found tough to describe beyond the word plain. She didn't appear threatening, but when she had finished turning around, Miranda saw what she had most feared was in the woman's arms, her baby. The figure was holding the dead child in her arms as if she were her own daughter. Give her to me, Miranda screamed. Her paralysis broke and she lunged from the bed to wrestle the baby from the stranger's arms. She didn't have to fight her, though. The mysterious woman gave the limp child back to Miranda without a struggle. And she wasn't dead. Miranda shocked herself with an involuntary laugh as the child fell into her arms, still warm. Gabby wiggled herself into a comfortable position and, without any prompting, latched onto Miranda's breast and began to drink with a shuddering sigh. Relief, emotional and physical, washed over Miranda as she brought her baby back to the bed. The mysterious woman vanished, but Miranda didn't even notice. She had already forgotten about the ethereal figure. She hadn't gotten as much sleep as she had initially thought. 
she lay down on the mattress and laid her baby beside her gently. Gabby continued to nurse as Miranda wedged a pillow between them to keep herself from rolling onto her. They both slept for another six hours. Then it returned. Once more, Miranda's sweet child was possessed by the shrill, unrelenting thing that had made its mother contemplate murder the day before. In the fog of sleep, Miranda wondered if they had really just fallen asleep together normally, and if everything else had simply been a dream. Certainly it must have been. Otherwise, she would have had to explain the ghostly figure who appeared in the room in the middle of the night, and she didn't have the energy or fortitude for that. Thankfully, the extended rest she had somehow received gave Miranda the energy to feed herself and even take a shower while the little demon lay on a towel on the bathroom floor. Feeling clean and being fed gave her renewed energy, enough to call the first nurse and ask about her screaming baby. The first nurse said it sounded like colic, but that Miranda should bring Gabby in just in case she had an injury or something else causing her pain. Miranda set an appointment that afternoon and prayed the pediatrician would put an end to the ordeal or at least show her the light at the end of the tunnel. It hadn't even been 48 hours yet, but it felt like Miranda had been listening to her child scream for a week. Four hours after waking up, the sleep, breakfast, and shower had all worn off. Miranda was right back to the barely sane, nearly murderous wreck she had been the night before. She'd had enough energy to use the breast pump, barely. So at the very least, she didn't have that discomfort to contend with anymore. She held on until it was time to see the doctor and only considered swerving into oncoming traffic once. Maybe twice. The pediatrician offered no comfort, except in telling Miranda that she wasn't doing anything wrong. He said colic can come about for various reasons in a child as small as Gabby, It could just be gas or some sort of digestive imbalance. He warned Miranda that the worst effects of colic seemed to be on the parents, not the child. He explained shaken baby syndrome, which had also been explained to her after she'd given birth. At that time, Miranda couldn't imagine ever shaking her delicate, beautiful child. But she had to admit now that it had seemed like a shockingly reasonable thing to do over the last two days. The pediatrician asked, The father is... Still overseas, Miranda lied. She'd been telling everyone that the father had accidentally gotten her pregnant shortly before deploying with the Navy. She had concocted a fiction in which this honorable sailor would be coming home to marry her and help her raise the baby. Ah, the pediatrician said with a respectful nod. Everyone respected her serviceman baby daddy. Well, you might consider finding a relative or friend who could bear to take your daughter off your hands for a few hours and let you rest. Your body needs it, but more importantly, so does your mind. A rested brain makes far better decisions. I know, I'll do that, Miranda lied again. She didn't have anybody. She had left her parents far behind when she'd run off at 18 years old, and she didn't trust any of her friends, if she could call them that, to watch the baby. They had essentially abandoned her once she had a child. One of them had literally told her she was no fun anymore. The others had given her that impression in other, less obvious ways. She supposed she could find Gabby's real father, but she didn't trust him either. She couldn't. He had been a recovering alcoholic and former narcotics addict until she told him she was pregnant and removed recovering and former from those titles. Apparently, the theoretical stress of raising a child was too much for him to bear, 
Miranda laughed out loud to herself in the car as she thought about him laying in some dingy basement, strung out and hoping everything was going okay for that lady he knocked up. She doubted he even remembered her name. Back home, Miranda tried burping the raging imp. She rubbed its belly to try to relieve any pressure caused by gas. She tried feeding it again and received the same rejection as the previous day. She used the breast pump, then did the only thing she could think to do. She laid back on the bed, wedging that pillow between herself and Gabby, and waited for sleep to take one or both of them away. And it did. Miranda woke once more in a quiet bedroom. This time, daylight still filled every corner. Miranda stretched one of her arms. It had become chronically sore from constantly holding her daughter. Thinking of her daughter, Miranda peeked over the divider pillow, hoping to catch a glimpse of the sleeping child and remind herself that she really did love her, that she could be sweet and cute and lovable. But her daughter wasn't there. As her empty stomach balled into a knot, Miranda turned back over to face the room. Sure enough, even in the daylight, the dark figure had returned. Once more, she had her back to Miranda and was hunched over the child in her arms. Miranda felt horribly uneasy, but not quite afraid this time. After all, the shadowy woman had given Gabby back the night before. Miranda had convinced herself that had only been a dream, but she was definitely awake this time. Who are you? She asked as calmly as she could manage. The woman slowly turned, seeming to rotate in the air rather than shuffle on feet. Her face, as plain as Miranda remembered, shimmered in the daylight like a lenticular postcard. For a nanosecond, her unremarkable features vanished, showing nothing but a hollow skull, then returned again. She extended her arms, holding the child out for Miranda to take, but when Miranda reached forward, the woman recoiled ever so slightly and paused before handing the baby over. Thank you, Miranda whispered once she had her child back. Thank you for getting her to sleep. The shadow-cloaked woman gave a short bow, then seemed to dissolve atom by atom into the air. Miranda looked down at the sleeping baby in her arms. She wasn't sure she could trust herself anymore. She had already known her sleepless condition had induced mild delirium, but could she justify being alone with her baby if she was hallucinating? Even worse, the vision had come after the second time she'd gotten more than three consecutive hours of sleep. If sleep couldn't fix her mind, was something more serious happening to her? Something even dangerous, perhaps? Before Miranda could dwell on these pressing questions, her daughter opened her eyes and immediately began to scream. I can't, I can't do it anymore, Miranda screamed in Gabby's face. Gabby only wailed in response. Miranda stood and marched into the humble nursery she had constructed before Gabby's birth. The cardboard box the crib had come in was still leaning against the opposite wall. She set Gabby down in the crib, turned on the cheap mobile she had bought, and left the room, aggressively shutting the door as she left. The door muffled the cries, which were now juxtaposed by a piercing rendition of London bridges coming from the mobile. The weary mother made her way to the kitchen to find something, anything, to eat. If sleep couldn't fix her delirium, maybe nutrition could. That was her hope, anyway. She found an overripe banana and grabbed an open jar of peanut butter and a spoon. Then she set all of them down so she could pour a glass of water from the tap. 
She downed it, filled another, and downed that glass too. Maybe I'm dehydrated, she wondered. She drank one more glass of water for good measure, picked up her food, and returned to the baby's room. She had to tuck the peanut butter under her arm so she could work the doorknob. In the middle of this transition, she paused. The mobile was still playing music, but the screaming had stopped. Gabby? Miranda called nervously. She dropped her spoon as she twisted the doorknob and gave the door a push. Gabby, are you all... Miranda froze. The dark figure, the shadow woman, had returned yet again. Miranda had caught her in the act of reaching for Gabby. More disturbing even than the sight of the ethereal being was the way Gabby was reaching up for her without a single cry, as if the ghostly woman were the only comfort the child needed. Gabby, no! Miranda shouted. Gabby immediately resumed her screaming. The woman turned and sneered at Miranda. As her lips curled, her face did the shimmering thing, and Miranda only saw the fixed grimace of the woman's skull. Get out of here! Leave us alone! Miranda yelled. With one more glance at Gabby, the woman disappeared again. Forgetting once more to eat, Miranda removed Gabby from the crib and loaded her into the car. She didn't know where they were going, but she hoped her baby would fall asleep on the way there. If she did fall asleep, Miranda planned to just keep driving. She would drive as long as she had to. She would drive until she felt like a human being again. Not a mother, a person. Someone with interests and passions and opinions and goals. But the longer they drove, the harder Gabby screamed. Eventually, Miranda had to accept defeat and turn back toward home. As if she knew where they were, Gabby calmed a little when they got closer to the house. She never stopped crying, but her screams were far less intense by the time Miranda turned onto their street. Miranda got Gabby out of her car seat and took her inside, now truly at wit's end. They have suicide hotlines for every type of person imaginable, but where's the child murder hotline? She grumbled to herself as she carried her baby inside like a football. She did the only thing she could think to do. The only thing that had worked even slightly to give her a break. She laid down in her own bed, put the pillow between herself and her tormentor, and closed her eyes. She didn't fall asleep this time, but noticed Gabby's cries slowly becoming less frequent and intense. When they ceased entirely, Miranda opened her eyes. She had expected to see her daughter sleeping on the other side of the pillow, but a pale, withered hand filled her vision instead. Miranda whipped her head around and saw the shadow woman leaning over her, over the bed, with her arms outstretched to take her child. Gabby watched the woman expectantly. Miranda prepared to shout and shove the woman away from the bed, but stopped herself. The soothing silence felt like an eardrum massage. She could literally feel the stress melting away from her shoulders as tiny muscles she didn't know she had relaxed one by one. Soon, every part of her had relaxed except her stomach, which remained tight and unsatisfied. She thought of that banana and peanut butter laying on the floor of the nursery. What if I let her hold her just long enough to eat? Miranda wondered. The thought seemed so ridiculous, and yet so plausible. And while she considered it, the woman finished her reach and picked Gabby up off the bed. The child's eyelids fluttered, then went still. She shuddered as she drew in a long breath. 
then fell fully into a rhythmic sleep. The shadow woman turned away from Miranda and hunched over the child, just as Miranda had seen her when she woke up the last two times. Without a word to the woman, Miranda crept off the bed and snuck out of the room. She devoured the banana and finished off the jar of peanut butter. Now thirsty again, she went to the kitchen and guzzled two more full glasses of water. A maniacal smile broke out across her face as she finished the second glass. She couldn't help it. Water spilled out of the corners of her lips and ran down her neck, soaking her collar. She barely noticed. Her child, her tormentor, was out of sight and out of mind. She grabbed a granola bar from the pantry and chased it with milk straight out of the jug. She still felt overwhelmed with joy, reveling in freedom. Suddenly, an urge alerted her to another bodily function she had been ignoring. Her bladder begged for release. Miranda laughed as she danced to the bathroom. She hadn't peed without a baby in her arms in weeks. She twirled into the bathroom without even bothering to turn on the light. She pulled down her pants, lifted the toilet lid, and fell onto the seat as if the toilet were a plush recliner. The nursery was directly across the hall from the bathroom. Although she wanted to forget about her child entirely, Miranda instinctively glanced in that direction to check on Gabby. When she looked into the room, she didn't see anyone there. Gabby? she called. She expected the shadow woman to step out from around the corner to assure her everything was fine, but the woman didn't appear. The nursery stayed still and quiet, save for the twirling mobile. Where are you? Miranda asked. She waited impatiently to be done and stood the second she finished. Urine dribbled down her leg as she yanked her pants up and dashed out of the bathroom. She entered the nursery and confirmed it was empty. Where'd you go? She yelled. She checked her bedroom. Gabby? Nothing. She checked the kitchen, only to find it empty too. Miranda ran around the small house calling for her child and demanding the shadow woman show herself But no matter where she looked or how loudly she called out, Miranda couldn't find a single trace of the woman or her baby. She had willingly handed her child over to the spirit, and the spirit had wasted no time. Although she continued to look and pray, Miranda could only hope her baby was still so calm and content wherever the woman had stolen her away to. Now Miranda couldn't imagine doing any of the horrible things that had crossed her mind in the heat of the colicky hell. But what if the woman knew something she didn't? What if taking Gabby hadn't been a kidnapping, but a rescue? You made it out. Congratulations. If you enjoyed the story, please rate and review this podcast wherever you like to listen. Reviews are the best way to support the podcast and help it grow. You can also become a patron at patreon.com slash thewarningwoods. If you want more creepy content, including the images that accompany each story, follow me on Instagram at thewarningwoods. If you feel ready, meet me here next week for another journey into the warning woods. Thank you for listening.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.